This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB S2, modulation 8 PSK. Audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. You are listening to the news on Radio Romania International. I am Vlad Palku. Let's look at the top stories. Bucharest has held the adoption of a UN resolution condemning Russia's illegal annexation of Ukrainian territories. EU Vice President for Democracy and Demography, Dubravka Shuica, is paying an official visit to Romania. And Defense Minister Vasile Dunku is attending the NATO Defense Minister's meeting in Brussels. Romania's Minister for Foreign Affairs, Bogdan Aurescu, has hailed the adoption of a UN resolution adopted in the General Assembly condemning Russia's illegal annexation of Ukrainian territories. 143 UN members voted in favor, including Romania. Meanwhile, Russia today launched new attacks on Ukraine. Drone strikes targeted critical infrastructure in Kiev, while the city of Mykolaiv has hit by shelling, authorities say. In recent weeks, Ukraine has been the target of airstrikes carried out by Iranian-made Shehed-136 drones. Tehran denies having delivered such drones to Russia, while Moscow refused to comment. The Kremlin has also intensified its attacks on civilian objectives in response to the explosion on the Kerch Bridge, which Moscow claims is the work of Ukrainian intelligence. Described as war crimes by a number of Western countries, the shelling continues despite significant losses sustained by the Russian army. Bombing focused particularly on residential areas and civilian infrastructure objectives, damaging 30% of the country's energy infrastructure. In Brussels, over 50 countries promised to provide fresh military assistance to Ukraine, including air defense systems. The number of Ukrainian refugees coming to Romania from Western Europe is on the rise, the International Organization for Migration reports. Lower living costs and proximity to Ukraine are some of the reasons, the report also states. According to the Romanian border police, some 70,000 people entered Romania on Wednesday, of whom 9,000 were Ukrainian nationals, accounting for a 15% increase compared to the previous day. Starting February 10th, over 2.5 million Ukrainians have entered Romania. Dubravka Shuica, EU Vice President for Democracy and Demography, is paying a three-day official visit to Romania. Today, the European official will hold talks with Prime Minister Nikolae Ciuca on follow-up to the Conference on the Future of Europe, the Summit for Democracy, Skills and Labour Force Mobility, Demographic Changes, Children's Rights and Gender Equality.
According to a press release published by the European Commission's office in Bucharest, Dubravka Shuica will also meet Daniela Gutman, Secretary of State within the Romanian Foreign Ministry, Gabriela Fira, Minister of the Family, Youth and Gender Equality, and Nicu Shordan, Bucharest Mayor General. The EU official will also meet members of the Mixed Parliament Committees for European Affairs. Dubravka Shuica will visit the Ominis Complex for Integrated Social Services, addressing vulnerable categories, including Ukrainian refugees. Fourteen NATO members and partner states, including Romania, signed a joint letter for the purchase of Arrow 3 and Patriot air defense systems as part of a European Sky Shield initiative in a ceremony hosted by the NATO headquarters in Brussels on the sidelines of the NATO defense ministers' meeting. Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz announced the project at the end of August, saying that a common European air defense system would be more effective if individual member states would build up their own defense systems, which would entail higher costs and more effort to implement. According to a Defense Ministry release, today's meeting is attended by Romania's Defense Minister Vasile Dincu and will focus on the decisions adopted at the NATO summit in Madrid and the organization of the next summit. NATO officials will also tackle the alliance's nuclear deterrence posture and specific topics in the nuclear field in connection to the current security context marked by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In principle, the Netherlands does not oppose Romania's Schengen accession, the Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte said on Wednesday during a visit to Brasov, central Romania. The Dutch official pointed out, however, that any discussion on this matter will factor in Romania's fulfillment of all accession criteria. President Klaus Johannes expressed confidence Romania will join the travel-free area, whereas Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă in turn said that Schengen accession will spell numerous benefits for Romania's economy. Parliament's committee in charge for debating the justice laws is today analyzing the law regulating the status of prosecutors and judges. On Wednesday, the committee debated over half of the bill's articles, adopting a number of technical amendments. Once the debates are completed, the committee will vote separate reports for each of the three laws in the bill package. And that was the news. Romania's accession to the Schengen area depends on the Netherlands. I'm Elena Enake with more on this topic in a report by Roxana Vasile. Romania's accession to the border-free Schengen area has been a hot topic for years, more exactly ever since 2011, when the country officially announced its full compliance with the technical conditions required for membership. The decision of accepting a new member is taken within the European Council and the vote must be unanimous. For over 10 years, a number of states have been against Romania's accession. The Netherlands has been one of them, and it currently is the only one that still has reservations. On Wednesday, the Dutch Prime Minister travelled to Romania to visit the Dutch military, who are part of the NATO battle group under French command. Mark Rutte met with President Klaus Johannes and Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă. 
and winning the foreign officials' support for Romania's Schengen accession was a major topic for debate. Prime Minister Rute said he was not against Romania's accession to the border-free area, but as there was a but, this process had to be closely linked to the reform of the justice system and the observance of the rule of law. President Johannes defined as positive the discussions with Mark Rutte. Failure is not an option. A failure to achieve this national goal would probably enhance Euroscepticism. However, this is a hypothetical situation which will not become reality because we do not prepare for failure, we prepare for victory. That was Romanian President Klaus Johannes. In turn, Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă talked about the advantages that the lifting of internal border checks would have for the business environment. Această vibrantă cooperare la nivelul sectorului de afaceri mă determină să punctez beneficiul This vibrant cooperation at the level of the business sector makes me emphasize the direct benefit that Romania's accession to Schengen can have for the Dutch economy. By eliminating internal border checks, the cost of transporters will be significantly reduced, just like the negative effects of delays for markets and value chains. That was Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă. Meanwhile, the head of the European Parliament, Roberta Metzola, firmly condemned in a statement on Radio Romania the offensive statements made by an MEP in the Parliament's plenary last week when he called Romania the Wild West of Europe. An investigation was launched against him. Roberta Metzola said Romania deserves to be accepted as Schengen member because it meets all technical and legal obligations. Next week, the European Parliament will vote on a resolution which includes the acceptance of Romania and Bulgaria as members of the Schengen area by the end of this year. 143 UN member states, Romania included, condemned the annexation by Russia of four Ukrainian territories. I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with more in this report by Leila Kiamil. The UN General Assembly has overwhelmingly condemned Russia's proclaimed annexation of four Ukrainian regions in eastern and southern Ukraine, calling it illegal. The resolution was initiated by Ukraine and Albania, following the Russian Federation's rejection of a similar resolution in the Security Council at the end of September. The text was co-sponsored by Romania, along with 75 other UN member states. Of the organization's 193 member states, 143, including Romania, adopted Wednesday's resolution. It is the largest number of votes obtained since the beginning of the war against Ukraine in favor of a UN General Assembly resolution on this topic. US Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the vote showed international unity against Russia and repeated Washington would never recognize the sham referendums. The vote is a powerful reminder that the overwhelming majority of nations stand with Ukraine in defense of the UN Charter and in resolute opposition to Russia's ongoing war against Ukraine and its people, Blinken said in a statement. With very few nations voting with Russia today, 
It is clear that international unity on this question is resolute and support for Ukraine at the UN and beyond is unwavering, Blinken also said. It came as no surprise that five countries, namely Russia, Belarus, Syria, North Korea and Nicaragua, voted against. 35, among which China, India, Pakistan and South Africa, abstained, despite the diplomatic efforts of the United States. Before the vote, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, asked as many countries as possible not to abstain. Today it is Russia invading Ukraine. But tomorrow it could be another nation whose territory is violated. It could be you. You could be next. What would you expect from this chamber, she said. Through this resolution, co-edited by the European Union and presented by Ukraine, the West states that seven months after the outbreak of the war in Ukraine, they have proved that President Vladimir Putin's Russia is isolated on the international stage. The text urges that no state recognizes these annexations and demands the immediate withdrawal of the Russian troops who entered Ukraine on February 24th. Romanian Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu welcomed the adoption of the resolution condemning the illegal annexation by Russia of the four Ukrainian territories. The Romanian Ministry of Foreign Affairs has stated that Bucharest condemned in the strongest terms the signing of the so-called agreements of accession to the Russian Federation of some Ukrainian regions under the illegal occupation of Russian troops. These actions cannot produce any kind of effect from the point of view of international law, and Romania does not recognize their validity, especially with regard to the operation of any change regarding the territorial membership of the Ukrainian regions concerned, the Romanian Ministry of Foreign Affairs has also stressed. And that was Radio Newsreel. Listeners' Day on Radio Romania International. Dear friends, Sunday the 6th of November 2022 will be Listeners' Day on Radio Romania International, celebrated a week after the Romanian Radio Day, marked on the 1st of November. 2022 will go down in history and equally in the collective memory as a very special year but not like the year the whole world emerged out of the pandemic, as most of us would have expected. On the morning of February the 24th, the old continent was shattered by an armed conflict after almost 80 years of peace. Large-scale propaganda and disinformation campaigns meant to create chaos and confusion have also become part of the confrontation. The information warfare is not a new kind of reality. However, its effects have become more visible than ever against the backdrop of the war in Ukraine because the war has brought a real explosion of fake news and disinformation with it. In this year's edition of Listener's Day on Radio Romania International, we ask you what sources of information about the war in Ukraine are the most reliable for you? How can you identify fake news from real news? How vulnerable you think you are to disinformation? Have you removed from your list the sources of information proven to be spreading fake news and disinform the public? Which is the role that public radio, and an international radio station in particular, plays in your life during this period of time? 
We are looking forward to receiving your answers, which will be included in our show on the 6th of November. You can email them to us at engl at rri.o, post them on Facebook, or send them as a comment to this article on Radio Romania International's website at www.rri.o. If you like, you can also send us pre-recorded answers via WhatsApp at plus four o seven double four three one two six five o, or you can send us your telephone number so we can call you from the studio and record your opinions. Thank you. Traveler's Guide. Hello and welcome to our tourism feature. I am Kalin Kotsoyu. Today's destination in the south of Romania is aimed at people who enjoy a good glass of wine and new experiences. We spoke to Silvia Palashka. Head of Communication with the Dalumare Association, gathering together winemakers from a major wine region of Romania. She spoke to us about the cellars in the country of Prahova. We will be finding out about the local varieties, how a visit to a wine cellar occurs, and what the calendar of events for tourists is. They have an opportunity to be initiated in the art and technique of tasting wines and to listen to the stories of the wines. At the end of the visit, the guests can stop over at the presentation store where they can get souvenir bottles. Here is Silvia Palashka. Turismul viticola alături de cel montan este unul dintre punctele cheie ale turismului în județul Prahova. Wine tourism, after mountain tourism, is one of the key points in tourism in Prahova County, but also in Buzău County because our region of Dalumare stretches over two counties. Unfortunately, the wine cellars here are less known as tourist destinations, both for locals and for foreigners. But we have been changing that for a while now. We recommend that people come here by booking with a tourist agency or through the events that our Dalumare Association organize monthly. We organize the Open Bottle Week, which anyone can attend, but they have to arrange their own transportation. You can also attend every year the Escape to Dalumare event, which this year is between October the 22nd and the 23rd. We offer transportation from Bucharest by bus so that people can enjoy the wine experience without worrying about driving. Silvia Palashka also told us about what a visit to the wine cellars consists of. 
La fiecare cramă, de obicei, începem cu o prezentare a istoriei cramei, a istoriei locului. At every cellar, we usually start with a presentation that includes a history of the cellar or vineyard, the history of the place, we visit the production and storage spaces where the vats are, after which we go to the tasting places. Each vineyard usually offers four or five kinds of wine produced right there. For the tasting, we also have limited edition or special wines, so that people can get to know more than they can usually get in stores or restaurants. The Dalumare wine area is famous for red wines. We can find many wines from the famous lines of Fetasca Negra, Cabernet Sauvignon or Merlot. But recently we had a lot of success with white varieties, such as the Chardonnay Baica, Fetasca Alba or Tămâioasă Românească, if you prefer a more high-flavor wine. Many tourists prefer a more diversified experience, which means combining wine tourism with other kinds of tourism. We were told about it by Head of Communications for the Dalumare Association, Silvia Palașcă. În Dalumare există mai multe opțiuni de cazare, nu neapărat în pensiuni de agroturism, ci mai degrabă în... In Dalumare, you have quite a few options for accommodation. Not necessarily agro-tourism B&Bs, but rather more elegant ones, boutique style. However, tourists who want the agro-tourism experience may also visit local producers of honey or cheeses. Tours can be organized for people to get to know local traditions, which are still kept alive by a few small producers. For instance, we have partnerships with producers of cheeses, of lavender, of honey, And we also have a horse riding center. Also, Dalumare is very popular with bicycle tourists. We have partnerships with several providers of such services. Cyclists can go on tour by bicycle, being able to get to know the vineyards and to have the nature experience. Usually, vineyards are the star destinations for autumn. What happens, however, if we're unable to visit in autumn but have the winter open? Silvia Palashka told us about visiting the wine cellars in winter. We also have the open bottle Saturday event in winter too. In winter we aim to create the warm atmosphere around the fireplace. Some cellars also offer other ways of spending free time, so that visits there can be had in any season. We can find solutions and things to do in each season so that cellars are open at all times of the year. This autumn the cellars were closed because it was harvest time and it was very busy and most places didn't have time for tourists. However, with October we finished the harvest and open for tourism. In the previous editions of the Escape to Dalumare event, We had foreign tourists who had previously visited Napa Valley or Tuscany. They said that here they had a similar experience, but were a bit disappointed by the infrastructure in the county. So we need more investments in local infrastructure so that we can provide an international level experience. But in terms of the vineyards, the quality of the wine and the quality of information, they were very pleased. Over the last few years, winemakers have also paired up with local food producers 
for a complete dining experience with traditional Romanian dishes. This has been Traveler's Guide. Coming up next... Generation 3.0 Hello, I'm your host, Elena Enake. Andrea Koshkai is 22 and she's a member of the League of Romanian Students Abroad, the U.S. branch. She was born in Bucharest but left Romania when she was 16. She won a United World College scholarship and was assigned to Changchu, China, where she studied for two years. A fost un sistem foarte diferit față de cel din România, de unde am venit de la școală. It was a very different system from the one in Romania. It was more difficult because all classes were in English, there were fewer subject matters, only six, and students had to choose from each category what they wanted to study. It was really hard and it required more responsibility and more critical thinking and independent choices in what you wanted to study. When I was in China in my senior year, so in the 12th grade, most students were applying for the United States. I applied both for the United States and for Britain, but in the end I chose the US because the schedule there offered much more flexibility. That was Andrea Koshkai. Andrea says that unexpectedly she experienced more cultural shocks once she arrived in the United States than during the time she spent in China. The school organization and the way of relating to others were the main surprises she had in the American world. She heard about the League of Romanian Students Abroad even before entering college and in 2021, she became a member. Once I started college, I felt the need to find a community, especially to be part of a community of people who somehow understood what the difficulties were, what the joys of the experience were. I found the league and I was very happy that I could become part of this group, of this association that welcomes people and gives this sense of community, which is much needed when you are far from home. We are a group of young Romanians, but the US branch is not as developed as it was before. I was most active in a group I formed, the League's Mental Health. One of my greatest motivations was to find a community, and then I thought that the League is very suitable environment to open a discussion on this topic of mental health, to bring people together and somehow to campaign for this right, to be open and relate to other people. Andrea graduated this year from the Bennington College in the American state of Vermont. Now she works as a freelancer in marketing, podcasting and social media and has laid the foundations of an original project. One of the most important projects I'm working on now is Her Time Romania, which is an association I founded in 2020 for young women in Romania to encourage them towards leadership to become leaders in whatever field interests them. For two years, together with a team of over 50 volunteers, we have created various events and formed various connections for our community to show our followers that in whatever field they want to be active, there is someone, an example, a female role model, 
who has already done this and can guide them and can inspire them. Next in this program, sports. Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with the latest from sports. The Romanian men's national table tennis team defeated the Ukrainian squad 3-0 on Wednesday in Bucharest in Group A6 of the 2023 European Team Championships preliminaries. In the first match, Ovidiu Ionescu beat Evgen Priscepa 3-1. Then Christian Pleta defeated Jaroslav Shmudenko 3-0, so that in the last game, young Eduard Ionescu won dramatically against Anton Limonov 3-2. The Slovenian team is also part of the group. The first two, ranked from the six groups, qualify directly for the European Championships in 2023. The teams in third place will play additional qualification matches in the second stage of the groups. The men's volleyball team Arcada Galaz was eliminated from the preliminaries of the Champions League by the Bulgarian team Heber Pazarjic. On Wednesday, the Romanian champion was defeated at home 3-1, then lost the golden set to the Bulgarian team. Away from home, Arcada had won 3-0. In Belgrade, in the qualification tournament A for the Women's Basketball EuroLeague, Sepsi Svantogiorge beat the Red Star Belgrade team on Wednesday with a score of 83-63. The Romanian champion, however, has little chance of advancing to the groups of the most important women's interclub competition after being outranked by the Greek team Olympiakos Pireus on Tuesday with 73-54. The first ranked will qualify for the EuroLeague and the other two teams will play in the FIBA EuroCup. We continue with news from men's basketball. SEMU Craiova beat SEO Voluntari 70-61 on Wednesday evening in Bonnier at the debut of the two teams in the FIBA Europe Cup groups. Group H of the European competition, besides the two Romanian teams, includes also Nurkopic Dolphins of Sweden and Merlins Kralshem of Germany. On Wednesday, in the confrontation between the two teams, the Swedes prevailed with 93-87. to That's all from our sports show today. Don't forget you can revisit it online on rri.ro and also on Facebook. Next up in this broadcast, it's Music of Romania. Welcome, I'm Lecremiora Simeon. Today's traditional music program features Tiza Stefan, a native of Yalomica County in southern Romania. On October 9th, the artist turned 80, so we wish her many happy returns of the day and invite you to listen to a first song from her repertoire entitled Down the Yalomica River.
Her talent for music showed ever since she was in primary school, Tiza Stefan being the conductor of the school choir in her native region of Fierbinz. She made her debut before turning of age when she was invited in June 1960 to participate in a national television show called The Village Life. Listen next to another song from Tiza Stefan's repertoire. Tiza Stefan married the great violinist Ion Albeștano, with whom she went on many tours in Romania and abroad. Listen next to Tiza Stefan performing the song Love Heals Everything in the company of the Radio Folk Orchestra conducted by Ion Albeștano.
After the death of her husband, Tiza Stefan no longer recorded any new songs, but she sang for the public and got involved in the organization of the Ion Albestano National Festival and Contest for Young Performers. In the end of today's music program, listen to Tiza Stefan with the song She Had Only One Daughter. Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. In the Spotlight. Welcome everyone to a fresh edition in our series. I'm Vlad Palku. 
According to the Country of Origin Information Report compiled by Terdezon and JRS Romania, some 2,300 unaccompanied minors from Ukraine have been sheltered in Romania since the start of the Russian invasion in this country in February this year, a figure confirmed by official records. These children find themselves in a desperate situation, as more often than not they have to go through the entire process of integrating into a system that is completely alien to them all by themselves. But the real question is, should they? The law states that unaccompanied minors have a right to a legal representative that should be there, guiding them every step of the way, from the moment they enter the country, to every other phase of the asylum application process. However, regulations in this respect are deeply flawed, ridden with procedural gaps and barriers that make it difficult for these children to get the legal assistance they critically require, which in some cases may lead to unwanted psychological trauma. And it's not just Ukrainian children who find themselves in this position. Underage children who travel to Romania from any number of countries unaccompanied by their parents or legal guardians, often do not get the help they greatly deserve. This has been the focus of a project that kicked off in May this year and which seeks to provide legal assistance to foreign minors who travel to Romania unaccompanied. Dubbed PROMISE, the project is implemented by Terdezon, a foundation that has been protecting and fostering children's rights since 1992 in Romania, and JRS Romania, the local branch of the Jesuit Refugee Service, an international Catholic organization whose mission is to defend, endorse and advocate fundamental human rights with a particular focus on forcibly displaced people. PROMISE is the recipient of a 150,000 euro grant under the program Active Citizens Fund Romania, funded by Iceland, Liechtenstein and Norway through EEA Grants 2014-2021. The project was officially launched on October the 6th in Bucharest in a special event hosted by the two NGOs. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Promise is a project funded under the Active Citizens Fund program. We also work with the Foundation for the Development of Civil Society. It spans over the course of 18 months. It started in May this year and is bound to end in October 2023. PROMISE is in fact the Romanian acronym for the protection of foreign unaccompanied minors. Its objectives rank high on the current affairs agenda at present, also given the refugee crisis in Romania, but it's also a topic of general concern. Young people who end up fleeing their countries due to tragic developments at home usually don't get the attention they deserve, particularly from state institutions and other actors in the public or private sectors. It's very important to put them in the spotlight. This is why this project was designed to help young immigrants in Romania learn to better represent themselves through advocacy activities to develop better relations with public authorities who are supposed to help them and to basically feel safe, well cared for and accepted at society level. And this often turns out to be quite problematic. The main beneficiaries are young immigrants living in Romania, minors too, but people under 26 years of age. Our plan is to select young people not just from Ukraine, but also from other cultural backgrounds. The important thing is to involve young immigrants in refugee centers as well. Based on the requests we receive and our own selection, 
We will work with these young people on the sidelines of our project. Ana Vladescu is the manager of the Promise project on behalf of Ter des Hommes, a foundation that has been continuously contributing to the improvement of child protection mechanisms across Romania, also helping reform social assistance systems and develop communities of beneficiaries. She says that many projects designed to help refugees in general are often local initiatives with a limited scope, which is why Promise seeks to have a nationwide impact. Jointly with our partners from JRS, we try to address people who are sheltered in large refugee centers in Romania, not just in Bucharest, but for instance Galatz, Timisoara and other cities. One of the top goals of this project is to create a network of lawyers and legal experts who wish to specialize in the area of helping young immigrants in Romania. And they will be recruited from all over Romania. They will undergo a training session in Bucharest, helping them get better acquainted with the legal area and have access to specific materials, overall to adapt to this field. We will also organize a trip outside Bucharest. We haven't yet picked a destination, but it will involve both migrants as well as representatives of media outlets. In the elaboration and implementation phases, many projects get stuck in a single area, whether we're talking about large urban centers or smaller communities. Terdezom has a different approach. We want to be as widely represented as possible, which is why the project will seek to address as many areas as possible. Promise is aimed at helping minors and young immigrants get better access to fundamental rights and public services via advocacy, free legal assistance, information, training sessions and boosting the participation of vulnerable categories in decision-making and consultative processes. I spoke to Georgiana Dănciulescu, an advocacy officer with JRS Romania, who told me that the project is also meant to support and help develop cross-institutional cooperation, as well as partnerships between local and international institutions, with a view to ensuring the observance of children's rights. First of all, we want to help them voice their demands, to express their opinions in a consistent way. We teach them how to stage an advocacy campaign, how to get organized. We also have a strong legal component where we provide assistance. We work closely with lawyers who will support our beneficiaries. We will also train a number of law school students. We don't work with employers associations, but with individual lawyers who specialize in asylum procedures. We've had a successful cooperation for many years, not just in Bucharest, but in Galat, Timisoara, Radăuți, particularly cities with centers devoted to asylum seekers. Georgiana Dănciulescu says visibility is key to any endeavor meant to rally more support to projects such as Promise. The conference held in Bucharest was therefore not just meant to secure more support for the initiative, but ultimately to help improve policies, practices, attitudes and legislation in this field. Yet helping get young people a voice and basic legal rights is but one aspect of the project. The broader goal is to improve their access to education. We plan to organize certain training classes addressing children and advocacy activities designed to improve access to education for young immigrants in Romania. In terms of education, JRS Romania helps improve the access to education for young immigrants, depending on their legal status, 
whether we're talking about asylum seekers or parents with children who benefit from some sort of social protection or children who are in the process of being repatriated. Our focus this year was to provide assistance to Ukrainian refugees who fled the armed conflict back home. That was Stefan Leonescu, the manager of the project on behalf of the Jesuit Refugee Service in Romania, who argues that cooperation with the authorities is still a working progress, although the first steps have already been made to help widen the access to safe places where Ukrainian children can receive basic education. We want them to have access to safe spaces where they can closely interact with Romanian children. Our goal is not necessarily to help them integrate, as most Ukrainians want to return home, but rather to help them interact and learn basic elements of Romanian language and culture. We're confident that, years later, they will act as ambassadors, helping develop bilateral relations between our two countries. Organizers also plan to set up a consultative forum made up of representatives of communities of migrants, designed to help them better represent their community in terms of having their rights respected, developing a viable relationship with the local society and taking part in various debates focusing on policies that address them directly. At present, Romania is home to some 84,000 Ukrainian refugees. And with that, we wrap up in the spotlight today. I'm Vlad Palku. Thanks for listening. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Today's edition of Simply Folk features Florica Duma, a folk vocalist from Bihor County who boasts one of the longest artistic careers in Romania. She has collected and performed more than 150 authentic tunes, one of which we invite you to listen to in the end of today's broadcast. Its name is Lady in the Sky.
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1700 hours UTC on 9760 kHz in the DRM system and on 11850 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1100 hours UTC on 15320 and 17670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye.